Hello and welcome to the Tillage Edge with me, Michael Hennessy. This is the weekly podcast for all your tillage news and advice. In this episode, we're going to have a look at how the harvest is progressing through the country. We'll have a look at how the harvest is going down south, but first we're going to have a look at the harvest in the Midlands with John Kelly from Chagas. Harvest in the Midlands really is going poorly. Uh, it's quite, farmers are quite up, uh, uh, despondent about the way the, the weather is is treating them at the minute, um, in particular the whole year from once the crop went in. Winter barley is finished, straw is baled, uh, yield range is from 1.8 to 4 tonnes an acre. Uh, the 1.8 tonnes on the light ground, particularly around the Tullamore area. Uh, and one or two crops of 4 tonne, very rare, um, maybe down in the South Offaly area a bit more moisture on the ground, but I'd say it's averaging about three tonnes an acre in the county. And that would be a similar trend into Westmead as well. Um, moistures are quite, they're okay at 17 to 19%, and it bushed at around 64, 65. So winter barley was was okay, like uh, the straw yield was back as well. Um, it ranged about five to 10 bales an acre, round bales. I'd say I'm an average about six. So it is back like so um there is going to be a there's a there's shortage of straw right being forecast here in the Midlands. And and, and the next one, John, I suppose that probably would have been combined is probably winter oats, would it would it be? And is that uh, finished or where is that? Yeah, that's that's more or less finished there. Um from two point five to three point eight tons an acre. Uh, most are getting about an average of three. So it did, it did, it did okay. Like I suppose it's a more hardier crop, um, but uh, the main crops, like is the barley crops around here, you know, in particular, then mainly for the feed livestock feed market, um, there was revival of malt and barley here this year as well, um, with supplies being taken in in local merchants to go to um, to go to boar malt now. It'd be interesting to see now how the rest of the spring barley will go to see whether how much of that will actually make it. So, John, the, the spring barley has had a few issues over the season, um, the, the bit of drought in there, and there was a good bit of secondary growth and weeds coming through. How have farmers in your area dealt with that issue? Uh, they were they were making an assessment of their crop, uh, see how much of it actually, what percentages of the field had a uh, weed problem and had a, secondary growth issue and then they're making the decision whether it'd be justifiable to go in and use uh to uh to to burn it off with a glycophate product. Um but many too are even trying to just maybe cut the rest cut out the rest of the field that that didn't have secondary growth, it wasn't too bad. And then sometimes even avoiding the tram lines, leaving them last or coming back to them later on. Um and, and that, that's the measures that they were using. All, all adding to the problems, John. And how is the ground conditions holding up, John? Some of the heavier soils here are very poor. They're actually, uh, some are actually <clears throat> hoping that, the, that they'll be able to travel now uh, when they get a few dry days, which is promised, forecast at the weekend. And they're hoping that they won't run into any trouble. But that's why on Sunday and Monday, uh, most farmers are targeting their wetter land to get the crops out of there in case the weather gets any worse. 
Okay. So finally, John, just in terms of the overall percentage that, that's completed, is there, is there half or, or, or more still to be completed, still to be harvested in your area? And how many days do you think good dry days are, are, are needed to, to finish it all up? Um, in terms of the Spring Barley um, area, about 30% at most complete. So they're talking about need a good week, one good dry week. Uh, then to be able to get the crops cut and hopefully then get back to try and get the straw baled. There's, there's um, no, I haven't come across any farmers that are actually considering chopping straw this year because of the demand that's picking up now and because of the reduced yield. So okay. it be all baled. John, thank you very much for that update from, from, from the Midlands. We might be back to you before, and hopefully the, the harvest might be over uh, at the weekend with the slightly better forecast that's, that, that's there. Um, so again, John, thanks very much. And now we'll turn to the south. Uh, I'm going to go to uh, Cork and talk to Michael McCarty from Chagas to give us an update about the harvest down there. Okay, so I suppose if you take the entire harvest, and when I say the entire harvest, I'm including winter and spring cropping, we're probably about 50% of the way through. Um, look, all the winter barley is cut at this stage, it's all bailed up. Winter wheat is almost cut, there's bits of winter wheat hanging around, and uh, growers have made a good start into spring barley, but in the whole of things, we're probably still looking about 50% of the acres left to cut. Um, I suppose, look, to put it into perspective, since we started the harvest in winter barley, we've had somewhere in the region of 150 mil of rain, okay, with about 100 and, I think, something under 120, 130, that, in the past two weeks alone, okay. So, you know, we've had an awful amount of rain down here. Um, whoever prayed for rain, maybe pray for something else the next time because, you know, We've just had a huge amount of rain, especially in the last two weeks. Ground conditions are after deteriorating rapidly, and I suppose it wasn't until maybe, you know, I, I spoke to a few growers in the last half an hour who actually trodden barely today, but moisture is very, very high. But we, we, we had about 50 mil of rain oh, two nights ago, and fields that were just holding up okay, actually, you know, they're, they're quite poor now. Um, you know, tracks being left in fields, stuff like that. So, yeah, the situation isn't great down here now at the moment, Michael. And you, 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 you I seen there on the um, Met Aaron have issued another yellow warning uh, again for 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 Thursday, uh, which I think uh, on 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 the reports I've seen is the eighth um, uh, warning that they've had over the last couple of weeks for for Cork. Um, how did the crops fare out with the wind that was there? Was there any damage uh, as part of that crops falling over or shelling or that kind of thing? Yeah, 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 I suppose, look, um, there's a lot of planets down here, okay, because planets is the preferred malting barley choice, so there's a lot of mark malting barley growing down here, and it is planets, and I suppose planets is the variety that seemed to um, suffer the worst in both Storm Eleanor and Storm Francis, now look, thankfully Storm Francis was a bit of a pup compared to Storm Eleanor, but look, for the most part of me, like Fusa Gangway, with the better straw, they're not too bad, but the planet is quite broken. At the same time, it's it's an observation I, I've made myself over time is that we've had very thick crops down here and thick crops tend to kind of collapse in in themselves, if you know what I mean. And it does minimise the loss as well. Like if you have a thin crop that breaks down, you have an awful lot more loss than a very thick crop that breaks down. Because with a thick crop, you can still get the nice in underneath it and harvest away. 
that is the one thing we're noticing is that people are reporting that yields, that the, look, yields are back, okay? There, there's no denying that there's been damage done by the storms, but, you know, it's not a disaster situation yet. Um, yields are still quite respectable. You know, we, we, we probably had brilliant potential yields this year, um, but, look, there's no denying damage, but there, there is good potential there at the same time. I would just come to that, um, uh, Michael. There was uh, certainly great reports from your part of the world in comparison to maybe up up up, up based here in the southeast. Uh, you have uh, you've had very good yields from from winter barley through to the winter wheat and even some of the spring barley before the storm struck. You might give us a, a rundown of what sort of yields you have been seeing. I know it's not an average, but maybe some reports that you've heard from around the country. I say, look, winter barley we could put a fair average of maybe three point six ton to the acre that way. Um I suppose look a lot of our winter barley is continuously growing into barley. Um you know some of the higher yielding hybrid crops doing over the four um some poor crops as well look there's no denying there was poor crops down here too planted in horrendous conditions can last November. Um with the wheat for the most part has been reasonably good. Um we could possibly put a kind of a four point four I'd like to see it all put and then here look what the rest of my growers have have come in with there. But I'd be estimating it kind of maybe like kind of four four point three four four point four ton per acre. Winter wheat has been good. Um winter wheat has suffered the most last snow in the last the last two major weather events there being the two storms. Um, you know, they're sprouting, there's shedding, you know. Um winter woods has been very rare this year. There has been very, very little winter oats in fact. Um we're not sure we tend to be running spring oats. But from what I gather from the two girls I had doing winter oats, um three and a quarter seem to be able to go with, you know. Spring barley so far the first of the spring barley cut before the before the two storms will say seem to be doing well. Um kind of three to three and a half with people, you know. Um fields after break crops doing better again. Um, spring barley looked the price crack down here all this year like it did look the, the best um, but still even after the storms you know we're still at up kind of tipping on the 3 ton maybe the 2.8 2.9 that way the odd field doing a bit better you know Okay um, you mentioned uh, a little bit a few minutes ago there uh, Michael about um, a lot of malt and barley uh, being sown down in your area how is that faring is it is much of it getting across the Weybridge passing? The, the story of malt and barley as I speak, um, a far as ago before the storms came, Martin Barley was passing at a rate of 70-30, okay? Kind of seven loads passed and three loads failed, that kind of way. Um, we are suffering a bit on the lower, lower proteins when we started cutting, and that was inclined to fail barley. It was passing in most other ways. There was a bit of skinning, okay? That has gotten worse, okay? So what I'm finding, what we're saying now is malting barley is more or less it's a 50 50 of whether you know for every load going in there's a load failing as well it seems to be failing more on kph and fusarium and skinning more than anything um you know typically as barley gets riper and riper and tends to get over like proteins actually do start to rise a bit um but i know what the main two uh or buyers of malting barley here, which would be uh, the MCI, through Plan B and Dairy Gold, or Beaumont, have both actually lowered their standard rate and the KPH, um, because I imagine they're just, they're just not going to get it. Um, but still, it's 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 a, it's a mixed bag, because you have you have loads coming in low KPH, you have loads coming in high moisture, so you have loads passing every other way, but the moisture's too high, and you've got the, the low moisture loads coming in, 
and they're being told that they have skinning or they're told that they have low KPH or a bit of fusarium, you know. Okay. And um, how is the straw? Is there much baled or is much left on the ground or what way is that? There's, the, look, the, the, with the winter barley straw is all baled, like I said. There's a lot of wheat and straw on the ground. Since, since, since the weather badly broke, I suppose, before, around that storm, Francis, there's been a lot of straw. There's still a lot of straw on the ground. Um, there's very little barley straw baled, spring barley straw baled, and there's there's a lot of wheat and straw to bale too. Um, demand has been reported slow up to now, but I have heard from growers now to see demand is picking up a lot like, for a start to one because I'd say, um, you know, livestock farmers are starting to realise that the, the, the straw isn't actually there, that, you know, straw yields are back to number one, like winter barley straw for us was lucky to bale 10 bales to the acre, you know, and a normal year, that's 10 round bales to the acre in a normal year. We could be looking at, you know, 13, 14 round bales. And, and what spring barley straw is bailed is kind of doing maybe six or seven bales to the acre, you know. Uh, and every day that it's down on the ground, or every day that's not harvested, it's deteriorating back, like. So, yeah, there's, there's, I was to make a long story short, there's a lot of straw to bale down here yet. Okay. Uh, Michael, thanks for that roundup. I just want to ask you one very last question, and I, I suppose it's, look, it's looking forward to, to next year. Um, is there any oilseed rape planted at all, or did people get a chance at all at all, given the weather that was there? I've had one grower so far that has put in a bit of oilseed rape. Um, I have more than that more people are planning to put in oilseed rape, um, but they're given priorities to the harvest, you know, the dry days that are coming to harvesting rather than planting oilseed rape. It's hard to blame them at the same time, you know what I mean? When you have crops in the ground, the things to get them out. Um, oilseed rape, and it says Michael, has been dwindling the past couple of years here, you know. Um, it, it, you know, every year there seems to be a, a traditional oilseed rape grower is, 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 is dropping off, do you know what I mean? Um, but for the most part, I, I suppose maybe to that's one I didn't mention when I see where it was cut down here. I suppose average somewhere kind of 1.7, 1.8, you know. Moisture's slight bit higher than people wanted, you know, people are looking for a kind of 8, 9%. Moisture's are more towards the kind of 11, 10, 11, you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Uh, but look, I suppose um, just just on that, you're 100% right in what you're saying that. Um, People are going to focus on, on 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 what's out in the field rather than trying to get new stuff in. Um, but that being said, uh, I, I suppose the ideal time for oilseed rape is probably over the next uh, week or 10 days and it, it, it rapidly closes pretty, pretty much after that. Michael, I just want to thank you very much for your time. Thanks for dialing in and thanks for that update. Perfect. No problem. That's it for the Tillage Edge this week. And my thanks to John and Michael for joining me on the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you never miss an episode. And for more farming news, go to chagas.ie. I'm Michael Hennessy. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week with more tillage news and advice.